Welcome back to the Fully Express podcast, where we explore what it means to live your most fully expressed life. My name is Christina Roland, and I am your host. And this is a podcast episode that was recorded a little while back. If you've listened to my very first episode, you can hear more details about my journey, how I started and stopped recording this podcast for a while and then started up again, how it's evolved and how I've evolved and all the things. But that said, even though this podcast started to take a different direction, I still think that the episodes that I recorded in the very beginning are such valuable conversations with such incredible humans who have beautiful things to say and that we can all learn from. So I still wanted y'all to hear this, these podcast episodes, even though they're slightly different direction than where I am going now, um, because I think there's so much value. There's so much value in it. So that said, enjoy the episode. Send me your feedback. Let me know what y'all think. Listen to the other episodes as well. And I just hope that you go into this with an open mind and an open heart and that you receive some kind of love for yourself through this episode and that you are inspired to live your most fully expressed life. All right. Welcome back to the Fully Expressed podcast. I'm your host, Christina Roland. And if you can't tell, I'm already laughing going into this podcast today <laughs> because I'm here joined by my wonderful, amazing friend, Melinda Chinin. I'm so excited for y'all to meet her. She is a certified life and grief coach, and she is one of the most um, spiritually connected people I've ever met. Um, she has such a big heart and such an incredible way of seeing, and her intuition is so strong and so powerful. And from the moment I met her, she impacted me in big ways. And I know that she'll do the same for you. Welcome, Melinda. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel super honored to be on your podcast. So thank you for having thank me. You. Thank you for being here. I'm so honored to have you. And I'm so excited to, di to dive in because everything <laughs> I said is true. I think everyone's going to learn so much from you and who you are. Um, so as I mentioned, certified life and grief coach and just overall amazing human. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and the journey that you took to get to where you are today. Mm. Um, a little bit about myself. I currently live in San Diego, California. I am originally from um, Oahu, Hawaii. And oh my gosh, what is the makeup of my life? It's, <laughs> I mean, my highest values are around community and um, healthy relationships, art, spirituality, and just living like the big game of your life because you just, you just never know, right? Like we actually never know when we're going to, we're going to die. And it's funny. I feel like a lot of like a uh, initial fear and being that blunt, but no, it's true, right? Like <laughs> we really don't know. So um, yeah, that's the makeup of my life. What was your second question? How did I get here? Well, first of all, let's stop there because there's already so much juice in what you just said. I love how you said my highest values are. And like that, that was like the way that you introduced yourself. Like 
wow, <laughs> like, like, let's talk about how powerful that is. And like, how much would change, I think, in our society and communities and relationships, if we actually led with that, right? Like, how beautiful <laughs> is that to like, put that on, like, right, like, on loudspeaker right away, like, this is what I care about the most in this world and this life, like, here you go. <laughs> oh, my gosh, thank you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for acknowledging that. Um, having a North star or many in my life has been so significant because I am someone who, before I got into coaching and just really took ownership of my life, like suffering was noble. So I was just swimming in <laughs> swimming and finding ways to suffer. Um, and so you know, a lot of like unlearning that and finding like compassion and healing has been like, yeah, well then what are you committed to in this life? Cause you're not always going to have great days. Right. But like, what's the thing you're going to stand for? So you don't fall for anything, but, uh, mm. Yeah. yeah. Again, so much juice in just a few sentences. Thank you. I um, feel like you live that way too, though. <laughs> <laughs> like totally. It's all I over mean, you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, I think both of us are similar in the sense that we really, um, care about how we speak about things and notice the intention behind words. And, um, mm. that's really big to me language and how you express things. is really important to me, but, um, I know that we've also both done the work. So it's really cool to, um, to, to talk to you always, because I think I just appreciate how reliable you are to look at both internal and external and how it all works together. But anyway, thank you. <laughs> we're never going to get through this if we keep complimenting each other. <laughs> but something that um, really stuck out to me in what you just said was suffering was noble. Mm. And mm -hmm. that, oh God, that hits home for me. I <laughs> totally have been there, felt that way. And I have people who are very important to me in my life who also do the same thing. Um, could mm -hmm. you speak a little bit more to what that exactly means and how it's shown up in your life? Um, yes. Well, I think there's a lot that contributed to it. The thing that I'm most present to is it's very connected to, uh, what I learned as a Japanese girl and woman is, a uh, yeah, it's, it's suffering is noble and you earn everything. Um, like the joy comes after the hardship. So like always anticipate the hardship or make it hard. I, I made it hard. <laughs> um, or, or I looked for it. Right. Cause that was what my worth was dependent on. Um, I think it's a lot of also just society's programming, but so I don't want to exclude that. But the thing that I, I very much know is the roots of like, it's a, it's an aspect of, uh, yeah, just what I learned from my culture growing up in Hawaii. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's taken a lot of time to like unravel that. And, you know, I've gone through many seasons and phases of resenting being Japanese Okinawan and then 
the place I've thankfully landed is in just full love and appreciation for it without needing to adopt like every um, cultural value, you know, picking and choosing. Totally. I think that that can be applied to so much of life, right? Whether it's our culture or heritage, um, or even just our parents' way of being and speaking mm. the things that we like saw in them, learned from them, um, friends, like family, um, people at work, everything, society, like you can love and appreciate them and it for what it is. And you can pick and choose what's right for you, uh, which totally. is really powerful. I think so much of the world responds in black and white of like, I either accept <sighs> this or I reject this. <laughs> and you can actually accept and distinguish for yourself. Where, how you oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. The thing that that reminded me of too, that contributed to my whole suffering is noble is like, is bless my parents. They're both in helping professions. My mom was a teacher. My dad was a social worker, but the thing that I really confused seeing them be of service all the time is like, I, I took their compassion as their compassion for people suffering as like, I need to also suffer to be relatable to the people suffering or else they'll just think that I'm like an asshole if that makes sense, mm, yeah. you know? So like yeah. my compassion wasn't just compassion. It was folded with guilt and like shaming myself to be of service. And yeah. when you choose from that place, like, are you really of service? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just- <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Um, wow. No, that like, oh, that leads me down so many paths. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Because I feel like that's actually a really powerful point in terms of the inequality conversations happening all around America Um, Mm. and the idea of like privilege and, and things like that. And, and people who do have privilege often feeling like, well, how can I say anything or, or how can I do anything? I don't know what it feels like, or like, I don't realize it because I don't know what it feels like. So does that mean I have to like be upset all the time? Or do I have to like Mm -hmm. make myself suffer in order to have the compassion as you were just saying? Oh my gosh. That's um, such a great point. Yeah. And people get bogged down in this idea of like, I must have your experience in order to understand or have compassion. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been listening to the man enough podcast recently and, um, so good. You need to listen to it. Okay. Please do. Um, In the past two days, two huge things have stuck out to me. One was, um, it was an episode with Alok. I don't know if you know who that is. They mm-hmm. are a gender uh, non-conforming, non-binary person. And their episode was just so powerful. But something that they said is that um, you don't have to understand in order to have compassion. And that really hit home to me. And then I was listening to an episode today, this morning that I think it was, I think it was with Sean Mendez. I was either listening to the Sean Mendez one or the Matthew McConaughey one. I can't remember which one said this um, because I've listened to both in the past two days. But but (laughs) I love you. What I said was when you champion 
others, you're also championing yourself. People think that they either have to like fight for themselves or to fight for someone else, but you can Mm -hmm. actually, when, when one person succeeds, we all succeed, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. And which is something Mm -hmm. that is so not taught to us. Like we're taught the opposite, usually like you have to compete, you have to like be the best. You have to stand out and not understand other people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so good. That also makes me think too, of like, even the concept of, I need to suffer to understand you. I need to like get to wherever you are to understand you there's just like such a fragility to it Mm. that it's just so actually not of service to people (laughs) or ourselves do you know what I mean oh for sure for sure yeah it's like you're actually doing now everyone a disservice (laughs) (laughs) by getting bogged down by the weight of it right totally Um, and getting stopped there yeah yeah and then you make it all about you actually and not about being of service Mm, yes 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 oh my god my mind is being blown like five minutes into your podcast (laughs) that's how I feel in every one of our conversations but (laughs) (laughs) yeah no okay so we kind of went down a rabbit hole there yeah I'm sure we could keep talking about this conversation in particular. And I want to get back to more of your story and um, how you came to be living your most fully expressed life today. Um, One other thing that I wanted to point out after or before, excuse me, I said after one thing I wanted to point out before we get back to your story was one other thing that you said in that same kind of a few sentences was that you would either make or look for that hardship, which Mm -hmm. I think is so powerful to notice because I, I see, especially working with clients, like people don't realize that they actually make up their own drama and they actually like make it happen. Mm -hmm. And they like almost unconsciously, subconsciously, make decisions that lead to hardship almost on purpose. Oh my gosh. Totally. And, and disclaimer, like we're not talking about lived experiences, right? Cause that's totally different from, oh, right, you right, know right. what I mean? Like people's yeah. identity, but in terms of yes, the internal <laughs> narrative that we have, I can see looking back on my life. Oh crap. Like I thought that was something being done to me. Mm-hmm. No, that was me actually looking and settling for that's as good as it gets for me and my suffering. Like, oh, I'm suffering. Oh, good. That's a good sign that I'm on the right track. And then now I can earn my joy in a year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. One of my favorite phrases that people say, and I favorite, I mean, I laugh at them. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite ones is that people say, oh, you know, if it isn't hard, it it isn't worth it. Oh my gosh. That, that would have been on my tombstone if I didn't get into this work. Yep. Thousand percent thousand. And I actually chuckle now when I, like you said, like when I hear other people say that, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, it could be that way. Here's the thing too, is like the big thing that I stand for in my life now is life doesn't have to be a boot camp. It can be a playground, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And so before the narrative was like, go through the boot camp to like earn the playground when you're 80. What the fuck? You're going to like, <laughs> you're going to wilt before you get 80, Melinda. <laughs> and then, then you can't play on the playground. Then you can't play. Yes. <laughs> and it's so backwards. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's, and I can tell, you know, that my, that this healing and this mindset that I now stand by like really works for my life because yeah, life does not feel heavy. And I, I have everything that I could want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So if it didn't work, I wouldn't have what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So let's talk about that. So we have it that, you know, you started off in this place where, suffering was noble. You've now Mm -hmm. come to this place where you no longer feel like you're weighed down by that story and that you have everything you want. So what were those steps and breakthroughs and lessons that you had to learn and go through in order to get to where you are now? What a great question. Did you see in my eyes that like my whole life flashed before? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you this. I think, I mean, like really a a commitment to healing and, and not like fluffy self-love, but like real, real reverence (laughs) of, can you love yourself? And can you accept yourself unconditionally, even when you feel like absolute shit, um, that type of healing is a thing that I got committed to. And, um, some of like I think some of the biggest breakthroughs that have allowed me to be on this be at this place is like a breakthrough that there's not a right or wrong way to live life you know there just is just there's this life um I was very sedated and didn't know it it's a strong word, but really I, I was so wrapped around. I have to be good. I have to be a good woman. Ooh, even as I say that, it makes me like, like some, there's like some spice around it for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, Linda, you had no clue. Um, letting that go. Right. And it's now my fundam- fundamental belief that underneath every good girl is a wild woman. Um, I had to free myself because society is not going to free us. Do you know what I mean? We yes. live in like so much messaging that we have to be small. And that's not the thing too, is like, I've been so me and other cisgendered women, right? Like we're so rewarded for our internalized misogyny. Stay small, stay quiet, stay in your lane, right? Like I had to be willing to like break all of that up um, to be who I am. And it's like a commitment to continue like working on that, that allows me to stay, you know, like with my actual pulse rather than sedating it to keep others comfortable. Um, I actually had to heal my grief. (laughs) That's been huge, you know, and I know that like you and I can talk about that, uh, forever, you know, because of your experience with grief. And that's something else I learned too, is like when I numb those hard emotions, I numb my capacity for joy and love. Mm-hmm. So it's giving that full permission of feelings and not making it mean things about me. 
but it just, it just is. <laughs> and I get to still choose my life with it. That's been monumental. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's oh. a lot of that. <laughs> I don't even know what I just said to you. <laughs> Uh, well, y'all can't see it, but I've been vigorously nodding my head. Melinda <laughs> has been talking. Um, but yeah, you said a commitment to healing a real reverence for yourself and self-love, even when you feel like shit. Like, I think that's so big. Like I talk about self-love all the time and I'm going to say it again, but like so many people have this focus on like, oh, self-love is just like, you know, taking a little break or taking a bubble bath or like eating healthy. And like, yes, those are all like ways of like bringing self-love into action, but real self-love is so internal and, um, Mm. is not conditional and is not, um, something that just easily exists, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I love that. Um, and something that you said that was so powerful is you were sedated and didn't know it. Mm. And then you brought that word again a little bit later and you said, I was sedated in order to make others comfortable. Mm-hmm. Let's talk yeah. more about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Because sedated is totally like a perfect opposite for fully expressed, right? Like, yes. It's just, it's truly making yourself smaller and more muted. Mm-hmm in order to, as you put it, make others comfortable. But yeah, I want to hear more about how, what that looked like in your life and, um, how it's different now. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, I don't know how I wasn't sedated where I wasn't sedated in my life. Let's just say that. So in me overthinking what I was going to say, um, and, and it's, I want to also say it's very different than anxiety for me. Like anxiety is like the ugh, anxiety is own <laughs> anxiety is in its own lane with mental health for me. This was very, like, I just did not believe that I was allowed to take up space in any way. And it just was like this convincing of, um, I'm safer when I am just pleasing you and like being invisible. Um, it showed up in my, my speech and my voice or lack of, it showed up in, uh, my relationships, romantic, mostly, uh, not speaking my needs or even letting myself have them. Oh, so yeah, my needs were sedated. Uh, I really don't know where it didn't show up. I mean, even with money right? Like pretending that I didn't want more and that that was noble. (laughs) It was suppressed in my desires, you know, how much I actually wanted to be fully expressed and was like, no, that's bad. That's wrong. Yeah. It was everywhere. And, um, it's also different in every which way now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Of course, I think there are lengths to go. Like there are things I'm learning as my sexuality like edges out that I'm like, oh, whoa, like it actually, I have more desire to be fully expressed than I am. But I mean, I feel very unapologetic about using my voice now 
and um, my needs, my partner knows that like, I am who I am. I have needs and desires and whether he can fulfill them or not, it's not up to him. It's up to me Mm. to belong to myself and honor my needs. Um, That's fun. (laughs) I think even in our line of work, like there's just no ounce of me that's willing to hide anymore. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Spiritually true. Spiritually, I've just like unleashed what I trust. And I think I used to be really scared of what people would think about me if they knew how spiritual I was. Now I'm like, it's just, it's my truth. It has nothing to do with you. You can have yours. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, you know, because I know you and I know the way that you live your life and I, I see these things play out in life. Um, I have a picture of what it means for you to not be hiding and to be honoring your wants and needs and um, to not make things mean anything about you. And so for those listening who don't know you and don't know how it plays out in your life, like what does it actually look like, like tangibly in your life to live out loud in that way? Damn. Um, you have such good questions, by the way. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, what a podcast. Um, what does it look like? What does it look like to be fully expressed? Um, it's It begins from the second I think about what do I want to wear today? You know, like I don't dress anymore to look professional through like the very standard lens of what professionalism is for my clients and my work. I I think of like, um, what's going to make me feel fully me. What's that going to look like? Um, and then it shows up through my artistry and make, I'm very committed to making messes in my life because I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so I will like, (laughs) (laughs) God, right. And so purposefully like unhinging with art and just anything that's like physical or tangible, like that's, that's how I fully self-express. I mean, it's, I'm trying to think it's being in such honest communication with all of my relationships, you know, and especially with James, uh, my partner, like being so honest of, oh God, I I just think of like, even in um, our sex life, right? Like we're not, I'm not going to pretend that like, it's easy to be honest there, but it's, it's liberating to be, you know, and I don't hold anything back. Um, Actually, I, there's always a funny story that I share and I just started to share it because I stopped being embarrassed about it. Uh, and I think I've shared this with you, but I don't, I'll share it again. Um, one time we were, well, I had just come off of a LinkedIn event where I was learning about like DEI, like in the workplace and how to dismantle in the workplace. And so racism was like heavily on my mind and James came home from work <laughs> And we were getting intimate. And I remember in the middle of having sex, I had to literally stop him and be like, babe, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't stop thinking about 
racism. <laughs> I need us to like, <laughs> I just need to pause. I, it's, it's, it's just too much in my space. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, I can't, I just can't pretend that it's not impacting me, like being present with you. And he was so great. He was like, he's like, oh yeah, no, that's a legit thing to be upset about. Like, do you need anything else? <laughs> and I was like, oh God, I love you so much. And no, yeah, like we were able to proceed, but like, that's how standard our honesty is, our mind is, right? Yeah. 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 No, that's amazing. I love that story. And once you, said, <laughs> once you mentioned the racism part, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> But um, I know I've said this to you before, but like, you know, your relationship with James and the communication that you have, um, unfortunately, is very rare. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot of people would not feel comfortable uh, expressing all of their wants and needs, especially in the bedroom, even after being with someone for a while, or even like, I think even scarier sometimes can actually be outside of the bedroom too. Like, what mm-hmm. do you actually want? Um, mm-hmm. And having the tools to communicate with your partner in that way is really, um, powerful and, and special as well. Um, but what would you say are like the, um, the, the lessons or tools that you and James have used in order to get to this place where you can speak so openly and, and honestly with each other? I think, I mean, there's a few things. I'll tell you this. Uh, he's a great person to partner with. And that's something that's also changed my framework on what are relationships, their teams, you know? So he's my teammate um, as much as my lover. And he has such a bountiful amount of grace that's something that he really taught me early on in our relationship is, oh, for us to work, I'm going to, I'm going to need to stop being so freaking hard on myself and on him. And so a commitment that we have in our relationship is that it's okay to not know what the hell we're doing. Um, but as long as we're committed to being honest and make the other person also feel safe with our honesty, that's, that's enough right there so like literally we've been practicing that from like the beginning of our relationship and that's created a it's just created like a a quilt of different things that now are in our toolkit and it's easier to be honest and it's um we're, we're so committed to actually seeing each other that even when we're in conflict and we're fighting I really do still always see him for who he is, even if it doesn't feel pretty or comfy, you know, like it's, it's like not losing sight of that in your partner that allows you to actually like still engage in the conflict rather than just react, you know, and like, and I think they're attacking you, you know? Um, so yeah, we're very committed to not having power dynamics, very committed to like having a foundation of grace and seeing each other first, um, not being reactionary and, um, having enough humility to admit, like, we don't know what we're doing, (laughs) you know, totally. we're just creating it. And yeah, relationships are like art. So we do ourselves a disservice when we 
think that they're supposed to be a certain way mm. by societal standards. Like, no, you have no clue. And your love is just one aspect of what, what's going to make this work or not work. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I feel like <laughs> you have like a lot of juice and knowledge around relationships. So, and, and like communication. So I'm curious what you're thinking. Well, if, uh, <laughs> it's funny that you say that and you know for everyone listening like this is a moment where we all have our own judgments about where we are at or what our expertise is in right like my first thought when you just said that was like me all my relationships fall apart like what do you mean? <laughs> before James me too <laughs> No, no, no. I mean, I recognize that like a lot of times, like they've been my, they've been my choice and it was yeah, just not yeah. the right person, the right time, whatever. Um, but it's just funny the way that our brains are, are totally trying to tear us down. <laughs> totally. Totally. I'm glad you caught that about yourself because you're a beautiful person to be in relationship with. I know just from our relationship. <laughs> well, thank you. And yeah, relationship obviously also stems to so much more than just romantic and, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, but, and me and my ex are best friends. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I think like, yeah, what I heard you say is that both of you like have chosen honesty, right? Like, mm-hmm. and chosen to create a space that facilitates that. And, um, I think it's worth mentioning also that James has gone through this coaching work as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think some people think they just have to like magically find someone who's already <laughs> at this place who can do all the things that James, you just mentioned James does, right? Like who has yeah, great ability yeah. and creates a safe space. Like that's not, James wasn't born with that, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> definitely like a fundamental, like aspect of his being that like contributes mm-hmm. to it, of course. And he has also done the work. He's yes. also done his own healing. He's also the willingness is there, which is something I always say is like number one in anything, whether I'm coaching someone, whether I'm trying to be in relationship with someone like willingness to be messy, get it wrong, have humility around it. And as you put it, engage versus react. Like Mm -hmm. that is the key Mm -hmm. willingness. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying that because that is everything. That is everything that your partner is as willing to take ownership over their life and who they are as much as you are. Mm. That's key. If you got a partner like that, like you can create anything together. For sure. For sure. And (laughs) something something else that I heard in the man enough Sean Mendez episode this morning was, um and he and he in this instance was talking about um like racial injustice and inequality and and conversations around that but I think this can actually apply to almost anything and also in relationship where he said like if you keep I, I'm summarizing but basically it was if you keep um only speaking up, when you know the right answer or can make it sound good, you actually miss out on the opportunity to be corrected Mm -hmm. and get it right the next time. 
And I think that goes for the same in relationships, right? Like sometimes people want to like, I know I'm definitely guilty of this. Like I'll tiptoe around someone. I will tell them what they want to hear because I have like early trauma around being left and being abandoned and not being wanted or lovable and all those things. And so it's very easy to fall back into this place where I show up perfectly quote unquote, Mm -hmm. as, as we talked about being a recovering perfectionist, they were like, Oh, I'm so perfect. So that you will love me. (laughs) and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get messy and I'm not going to be honest because that could lead to abandonment, but creating this place of trust and actually allowing yourself to get messy and like knowing that correction can come from love, um, Mm -hmm. is so powerful and creates so much space as well. Oh my God. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh. Can I, I, I want to share something that that reminded me of, yeah. uh, this was like months ago, James and I got into like a little fight. I don't even know if I call it a fight. We, we ticked each other off. No, he ticked me off. Actually. <laughs> I got really upset. Damn and, it, um, James. <laughs> and, um, it was inconvenient because we were shopping for suitcases. So we had to think fast. The store was going to close. We went out, uh, into the store and he's like super upset that he upset me and sulking. And I get why, like, he's really hard on himself and doesn't like to, he's like you and I, like, he doesn't want to, you know, make it messy or hurt me. And then when I was looking for suitcases, I was like, babe, like, why are you so far away? We need to look for suitcases. (laughs) And he was like, he like slowly, Peter pattered up to me and he's like, I just feel so bad that I like hurt you and I made you mad. And I was like, look, you're right. I'm not like totally simmered down from it on the other side, but like we love each other. So sometimes we're going to hurt each other. And like, this is okay. It's okay that you hurt me. I'm, I'm a woman. I can, I can handle it. It's fine. You know, you said everything you needed to have me trust, you know? that we can move forward from this. And Mm. now it's up to me to like bring myself to the other side, but I'm going to hurt you too. And I have hurt you. Right. And it's, it's, we make it through. It's okay. Um, yes. And so he was, (laughs) I just remember he was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's look for suitcases. (laughs) But it was such a moment. For sure. I mean, it sounds like it. And I'm actually going to quote you the other night, you sent me a voice memo when I was upset about another situation that I was having with someone and, um, someone really close to me. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, we're, we're basically fighting. We're in breakdown. There's a lot of upset here, like crying, all of the things. And you actually said to me, um, you're like, it's actually really beautiful that you got, that you guys are experiencing that right now because it's a sign of how intimate you actually are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whoa. That was huge. Oh my gosh. That's so neat. (laughs) That was you woman. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was just reflecting what I saw about, you know, what's innately true with you and that person, but yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was super powerful. And I think uh, you know, going back to how people, society tend to view like things as black and white in a lot of ways. And that when it comes to relationships, people think that um, 
I think there's fear around being fully expressed in a relationship because it can lead to messiness and hurting each Mm -hmm. other and that messiness and hurting each other is inherently wrong and bad and the sign of a bad relationship. Right. And you Mm -hmm. can get messy and accidentally hurt each other and there still be so much love and growth and caring and humility and power behind all of it. And it's just, it's the way it, the way it shows up is what changes it. Right. Totally. Completely, completely. Yeah. Relationships are, I, like I said, I truly believe relationships are our most prized art pieces in life. If we're willing to treat it as such, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so much, so much goodness. Um, (laughs) We're already running out of time, which I hate because we could literally talk all day and there'd be so much juice in it. Um, But before I get to my final question, are there any other like tips or things that you see that people could start to implement either in their relationships or as individuals to help them become the most fully expressed versions of themselves and to let go of the suffering as noble and and sedation in their lives i hmm, that's a hmm. i mean honestly i think there's just like two things that really come to mind which is like, you really have to treat your life as like a journey, you know? And, and I mean, it's so corny, but it's so true. Like we still, a lot of us are still very programmed to live within like, I got a rush or if I can't get there by a certain time, then I might as well not start at all with my healing or just with my, my growth and my journey. And it just does not work like that. Like even when you've quote unquote arrived, right? Towards something that felt so far away, you've never actually arrived, you know? So you really have to start with where you are and being willing to commit to something that's, you know, not about your current, well, I don't know how to say it, but like the current shit that like you're swimming in, you have to, you have to find your North star. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I really thought of is we live in such a, like an individualistic society, continuing to do it alone is just not gonna, it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I'm more convinced of that now than ever, but especially like dismantling just the colonialism and like whiteness of our society, right? Is like community is where it's at. So another tip is, go get the freaking help, <laughs> like hire the life coach or the therapist, both, um, go 10%, be 10% more honest in your friendships, you know, like I'm struggling. I do need help. Uh, I mean, support is all around you and yes, it's, it can be really hard to actually access them, but do not ever give up trying to find it. Mm. Um, Cause it's other people that are going to teach us too, like how to move through our own stuff. So mm. that's really what I'd have to say. 
Amazing. Yeah, that's so great. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. I love all that. Last mm-hmm. question of the day. And we pretty much covered this already, but if you could sum it up <laughs> in a sentence or two, um, what does living your most fully expressed life mean to you? It means full allowance of unbridled joy and grief and sadness. It's honoring my fluidity more than the binaries or standards that I thought I was supposed to be or think I am. Um, It's, (laughs) I'm kidding right now because I'm even thinking of like with, you know this, but my sexuality of realizing I'm queer and I'm not all that straight <laughs> has, been, <laughs> has been fun and it has been totally challenging what I ever thought meant, like full self-expression meant. This is just way deeper and more colorful. And um, I think it's like the continuous provoking of that you know, and like spaciousness of what, you know, letting myself discover who I am. That's what full self-expression is to me. Yeah. Mm. And, um, oh, one more thing, really being connected to my pulse, no more sedating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So, so good. Oh my gosh. Like I said, Melinda, we could talk all day long and be, I would be vigorously nodding my head the whole time. Ditto. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you, contact you, follow you, all the things? Oh my gosh. Um, I am very active on social media. So Instagram to be specific. So my handle is just at Melinda Chinen and, um, everything else you need from there is on there. Like my website. Um, yeah, that's the simplest way to get in contact with me. Amazing. Amazing. Cool. Thank you so much, everyone. Go and find Melinda, go follow her. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fully Express podcast. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Fully Express podcast. If you loved what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review. I'd love to hear what y'all think. And send this episode to a friend. Who in your life could benefit from hearing this conversation today? If you want to stay connected with me, please follow me on Instagram at Stina, S-T-I-N-A, E, Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. Feel free to shoot me a message. I love connecting with y'all. Please tell me what you want to hear, what topics you want me to cover, and let's keep expanding and building this community of fully expressed people.